Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Love this. Just this is, pop, just popping on and popping off. Literally, hey, how you doing? Let's hit record. Let's go. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Hi, everybody. My name is Joel, and I'm Steve. And this Long- is a podcast. It is a podcast. One I have of many. It's not. It's not much of one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think it does qualify as a podcast. It does qu- technically qualify as a podcast. Yes, I've been it watching could. lots of old Letterman clips this week, just uh-huh. on YouTube. He killed, you know, if I got five minutes to kill or something. Yeah, and he's just the master of you know hmm. self deprecation and such a beautiful way to do it too. Yeah, he does, it, just... he does it in a way that become he did it in a way and still kind of does in a way that's like a brand or like a joke and it's not it doesn't feel depressing it feels no, uh-uh. yeah yeah i watched uh I'll have to, i don't know if i sent this to you guys or not but i watched the first stupid pet tricks oh, installment, nice. which was on quote the david letterman show which was before like the late show i don't know oh. if it was in indianapolis or what but it's like Maybe. this local they like daytime variety show thing yeah. it's really it's early 80s riffic and uh <laughs> but it is it's it's what because it's stupid pet tricks it's just great and then he then he started doing stupid human tricks even better even better yeah uh-huh. <laughs> my favorite one of those was when a guy had a velcro suit on and yes he jumped on the trampoline under the wall of velcro <laughs> the best absolute best and I was always, I remember seeing that. I was like super jealous. I'm like, that looks like the pinnacle of fun right there. Right there. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing that, you're doing something right. And didn't Dave, didn't he do the, um, he did the human Cheerios or whatever. Like he, he got it. He didn't he make a huge bowl of Cheerios and like that, that rings jump a bell. In the middle. I don't remember. Or my, I might be con- confusing that with double dare. Maybe <laughs> different thing. Yeah. Very different thing. Mark Summers, like speaking of podcasts, old, uh, Mark Mark Summers was on uh, Marin recently. Oh, wait, why do I know that name? Why do I know Mark, Mark Summers, Summers was the host of uh, he was the host of Double Dare. Oh, and then and then he got. I think that's got, a generational thing because I never really watched that. Yeah, that was like mid to late eighties Nickelodeon Double Dare. Yeah. Okay. Right. Kids sure. game show, and they'd get Is messy. The or what was the show with the slime? Yeah, they slime people on that. The show with the slime, though, was you can't do that on television. Is that right? I, well, I recall them being there being sliming okay. on that because yeah, yeah, anytime yeah. a character said they asked a question and it was like kind of kind of sketch comedy, little skits here and there. Yeah. And whenever yeah. A, uh, uh, like a character on there would say, I don't know, they'd get slimed, slimed. And that's where the whole like Nickelodeon slime thing kind of took off, as I, I recall. Yeah. So, yeah, that's funny because, again, me being approximately 10 years older than you, there's just things that are, you know, yeah, more in your ageist wheelhouse. Ageist wheelhouse. So you ageist. are tech, you're still in the Gen X. I'm kind of, I don't, I don't know. I was born in 71. So whatever that means. Oh, you're I a late boomer. 
Yeah, I'm a I, yeah. Well, no, my parents are solid boomers. Solid boomers. Yeah, I think that you would still be considered Gen X. I think. Yeah, I think I'm kind of uh, early. I was an early adopter. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in that zennial like Gen X millennial shift, yeah. like seventy eight to eighty two, and and I usually think that that's all just hype bullshit. But like when I see the the cat category of zennial, I'm like, yeah, that's me because my brother's mm-hmm. definitely Gen X. Sure. And I kind of have that 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 weird transition. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of podcasts, I want to do this before I forget. I was on a another episode of Less Than Two Thousand. That oh uh, really? I did a pot. Yeah, I did an episode. Couple, maybe two year year and a half yeah. ago. Talking about Pearl Jam. Yeah, that was great. Well, my buddy. Great. Yeah, it was. It was and and it it. Uh, uh, I'm proud of that episode because. Adam, my friend who uh, uh, co-hosts that show, um, he said that he wanted it to be the most downloaded because the one bef- the 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 one before that episode that was the most downloaded for them was the one on '80s hair butt rock. And I was like, <laughs> if I'm going to talk about '90s grunge and Pearl Jam, it has to beat the butt rock episode, and it did like three or four times over. Oh wow, that's good. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, they asked me back to talk about 90s tool but it kind of came it kind of just became a overall like tool gasm talking about all things tool about the band tool so maynard and maynard perfect and, circle and yeah it kind of did tend go on the tangents of all of his bands a perfect circle and pussifer but we kind of st- we tried to stick to tool and in preparation for that episode i listened to the first three albums that were all released in the 90s again like front to back to kind of like i haven't listened to those records in a long time how'd it go and i was it was fucking awesome like All right. especially that the last album of the 90s for them anima like i was shocked at how uh beautifully orchestrated and amazing that album is and how how ahead of its time it was because if you listen mm. to rock at that time it was not that right their, their album that kind of was their first full album undertow was kind of in that vein of heavy rock in the 90s a la you know helmet or rage against the machine like that sort of stuff and but they definitely took one large step forward with anima and i and i listened to it and i was like holy shit holy shit and i was talking to our friend um our huge tool fan friend um uh uh oh my god andrew andrew sorry mm-hmm. andrew uh last night about it and we were talking about that album and how that that does track and he concurs that that's that that second full record anima is kind of the gateway to the the band that would become sort of these you know 14 minute epic prog rock opuses and that's that's that album so So are you saying i should maybe check that out i I, you know i think that i honestly think that you would dig it but i i would i would want to curate the experience pretty specifically for you and i don't know that i would start you off where the band started off to be honest maybe you should start a a a tool podcast (laughs) so that i can listen to it (laughs) driving yeah i could do that there's not the huge library of content so you know? a few episodes yeah i yeah i don't know what i think i i, I would I see it i got off onto the wrong foot with that whole situation i don't know yeah. the wrong foot but the food i got off, i was like i turned on mtv and went nope yeah and that was it i'm like i'm not interested in 
the couple of tool videos I saw, I was like, this is, I don't care about this. Yeah. I, I'm not. We talked about that, like, especially the first few videos, it was, you know, like the sober video and prison sex video. They were scared. They were just Adam Jones, like weird stop motion. I don't want, I don't need to see that. It was dark and weird. It scared me. It would come on at like 11 o'clock and midnight on MTV. And I was like, no, I'm scared of that. And, um, you know, but I will say that, and I talked about this on the less than 2000 podcast but um that their album lateralis was the one that was super i've listened to that i I like that album that was super pivotal to me when i got sober i i I remember saying that i listened to that over and over Mm. and over it was very helpful and it's like one of those things where i and i you know i kind of think the cosmic joke of maynard there is that he you know it, it, it it's like pretty intense metal prog rock right sounds really angry but then you dive deeper into the lyrics and it's some of the most positive messages you'll ever hear in music you know about self-empowerment self-actualization it's like it's it's the polar opposite of the dead really really happy music (laughs) with really desolate totally (laughs) i mean tool can go there don't get me wrong but on the main the ones that i think are kind of at the heartbeat of who they are like you listen to the lyrics and it's it's really empowering and really uplifting and spiritually like uh um enlightening you know Um, so i mean if you're gonna dive back into i mean enema's great you should check it out you should definitely check out the song third eye but the uh, their their most recent record fear inoculum is I mean, you you dig Rush. I mean, we went and saw Rush together. I correct. It's like precision raw metal. It's like, and it's not it's not laborious. It's really gorgeous. But if you really just like sit with that shit, it's like clinically precise and good and amazing. Okay, Ten Thousand Days is a great album too. I think you'd like their album or their song on that right in two, and you check out the lyrics on that. It's a great. It's a great uh, comment on, you know, humans being divided from each other and the problem with that. So that's my, that's that's my two cents. That's my two cents. It is a long song. It's like, it's it's, it's 11 minutes on. I I highly recommend it. That's my spiel on tool. So they, they gave a shout out to our podcast on that episode. So I I owe it to them to say, check out their, check out their podcast. They're two really cool guys. Yeah. It's entertaining. Less than two thousand, and um, yeah, they're great. I mm-hmm. I was uh, I like that yeah. concept. Yeah, they kind of found they have a niche. You know, mm-hmm. they have a a certain era of time that they can go all the way down the rabbit hole with from yeah. from pop music to video games to movies, movies. to fashion to sneakers to sports figures. I like their uh, Christmas vacation episode it was good. Oh yeah, yeah, they're good. They're a good time. Mm-hmm. Speaking so. of good times, um, your wife had a birthday party yesterday. Yeah, my wife Kirsten, past guest and past and guest. an amazing partner of mine, uh, turned forty years old yesterday. You know that was such a great party. It really was. I'm glad you I guys had, came through. I had. I mean, obviously, it was nice to be there to honor my friend Kirsten's fortieth trip around the sun, and but just the, the conglom- conglomeration, the gathering. <laughs> mm-hmm of people like i had just some of the best conversations and mm. it was just and saw some people i hadn't seen 
you know, in the flesh in a long time. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, we used to hang out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why we used to hang out because it was fun yeah. and we dug, yeah. you know. It's really cool. That's, I think that that's going to be, I can't wait for her to listen to this or I'll tell her, like, that's going to mean the world to her. Cause that she was, we were talking about the idea. She's like, yeah, you just need, you know, that's what a party is. She's like, it was my birthday party, but I don't think I ever really got to connect and drop in with a bunch of people. But she said, I, you know, like she saw that happening, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I had a great conversation with, with uh, Andrew and I talked to my younger sister, Jordan, for a good chunk of time and, you know, got to just sort of sit and drink coffee with my mom and, yeah. and then, you know, ran, you know, like folks like Aaron and mm -hmm. folks from Kirsten's high school days that I know uh, I've met, but I didn't really get, yeah, it was really cool. Mm -hmm. It was a really cool time. I'm glad you guys came through and it was, it was really great to celebrate her in that way. Yeah. Well, she planned not... that. I, she planned that whole thing. Like, I, she had to plan her own birthday party because she knows that her husband is terrible at planning. Yeah, parties. but you killed it on social media, man. Okay. I mean, you, you, the, <laughs> all the good pictures and the nice yeah. words and, yeah. And really, that's what matters. That's all. I mean, that's really, that's the hallmark greeting card of our time is if you can, kind of, if you can post really well about really your kind of heartfelt and specially effectively curated photos that Facebook oh, yeah. will find for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. Actually, my phone found them for me. My oh, really? iPhone, my photo app, you know, I, mm -hmm. she just clicked her picture and they found recent photos of her. So oh, that's nice. Thanks. Thanks, Apple. Today's podcast is brought to you by Apple computers and the metaverse and the slave labor that makes them and the child labor, <laughs> the small fingers right, That's right. that make our devices. I'm not that we trying can... to make light of that situation. Dude, it's so fucking true. That's the thing. Like. <sighs> Yeah, well, this just went sideways really quick. It really did. <laughs> well, I'm amazed that we got this happening at all since you know you were so eager to do it last night. Shut the fuck! Don't make, <laughs> dude. You you're projecting that. I just want to take a now second. I'm just, now I'm just messing with you. <laughs> okay, so last week we weren't able to meet and podcast because last night Joel's like. Gosh, I don't know. I'm going to Arizona. I have to pack. And if you go back a few episodes, you know that that's an event for me. That's a that's a traumatic, that stressful but event that's, for that's me. That's why too. you need this to get centered and harassed a little bit. And harassed because that's going to help. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> I am. I, it's. I'm more chill about this particular. Also, because like our flight doesn't leave until later in the day. Oh yeah. And that so. Helps helps a ton when well, you're not frantically you know, Joel, packing thank you for taking the time to come on and do this i really appreciate it and i'm I, not even being a dick maybe a little but <laughs> I really i'm glad it though. i am glad we're doing this because this is a this is now we've done this for a couple years yeah this is a, this is there's a rhythm to this in mm -hmm. my week mm -hmm. and it did feel weird last week and like i had to work through the weekend because of work stuff but yeah, yeah um yeah it was uh it was one of those things where I felt the absence of it, you know? Yeah, me too. Um, so yes, no, I'm glad we're doing this. And I, I haven't, I, all my laundry's <laughs> done. It'll take me an hour tops to pack. See, there you it's go. Fine. We it's even fine. have, we even have a dear friend who, I think this is the earmark of a real, of a real one, right? A real one in your life is if they offer 
Like if you're saying I'm I'm got it, you know, our flight leaves from Omaha, uh, blah 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 time that day, and they say, oh, would you like a ride? When you don't have to ask, and they just offer it. Yeah, I'm not a, that good of a friend. Sorry. No, you're not. You're shit. No, I mean I love you, but you're not. I mean I get it. You know. Yeah. But our friend Kenzie, guy. our friend Kenzie is like, I'll give you a ride. We're That's like, awesome. Amazing. Amazing. And I think she's going to pick us up too, which is even more amazing. That's amazing. You should buy her dinner at like Modern Love or something. That's a great idea. See, I think we'll do that. Oh um, my! Uh, I think my 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 uh, Rauner yard sign is getting dropped off right now. Yeah, I saw you looking out the window. I didn't know Bob, if Ra- Bob Rauner for uh, LPS Board of Education. Um, so I'm putting a I'm putting a yard sign in his yard in my yard. I'm putting one of his yard signs in my yard. You're putting I'm, your yard sign in his yard? No, I'm putting his yard sign in my yard. He's You're just putting off. your a print of your face in his yard. I don't understand. Yes, how that that's gets a vote for Steve. A vote for Steve is a vote for Ron. Rob? No, are you are says, you the sign? You got the right Bob guy? Ron. I think so. I hope so. Yeah, I think so, yes. <laughs> are you I, I would double this check that. This is like that. the worst endorsement ever. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Also, if this guy's like a Nazi, he's not. Know. Okay, good. I'll I'll confirm, but yeah, oh, yeah. partnership for a healthy Lincoln. He does the YouTube videos that have actually been a voice of reason in a sea of insane bullshit for a couple of years. He's a good dude. Uh, he his were the most centered, yes, and, and truth, you know, truthful and straight shooting information yes. throughout that whole nightmare. Yes. When is when are those all these elections, local elections? Oh, come on. Steve. Coming up. I filled out a thing June. to mail in by I'll be getting my mail in ballot. There you go. Vote early and often. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um it's uh I don't know. It's coming up. It's fine. It's coming I, up. I'm not this isn't a test. I love you. I'm You're doing failing. great. Thanks, Joel. Now I have to extended hours deadline to register. Voting early, early voting in office begins April seventeenth. Oh, so we got some time. Yeah, a little time now. Mm-hmm. We got to get our shit, in our, our ducks in a box. Ducks in a box. Yeah, ducks in a box. That's what we say at our job because somebody accidentally sort of made that. You know, they were trying to say we need to get our ducks in a row, but that they said ducks in a box, and I just then I made the gesture of just shooting ducks in a box. <laughs> And now, and now at work, did. that's our that's our saying for well, we just get our ducks in a box, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like shooting ducks in a box. Oh my gosh, ducks in a box, baby! I'm gonna get my ducks in a box for this trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to Arizona today. I've never been to Arizona. I haven't either, actually. I'm going where the climate suits my clothes, man. I word, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, this is a, this is a 40th birthday trip for Kirsten because she wanted to go somewhere warm. We didn't get to do Florida because of that whole shit show. Oh, right. Yeah. So we're like, where's warm in March? And Arizona is warm in March. Tucson is warm in March. So is that where you're going, um, Tucson? Tucson, yeah. But we're going to, I mean, the real reason and, you know, between you and me, Mm -hmm. Cub Spring training is on, is (laughs) in Mesa. So I, I am going to Cub spring training. I'm going to a game on Tuesday. I spent like kind of a bucket list to go to spring training. I I'm really stoked. I'm happy for you. Yeah. It's going to be great. Will, will your, will your lovely wife who's on her birthday trip be joining you? 
Reluctantly, yeah. When I told her, I said, I got tickets like right behind home plate for spring training. She just sent me sports with an exclamation right. point. Kirsten, if I had a hat on, I'd tip it to you right now. <laughs> Although, truth be told, I'd totally be there if I was there. I mean, there, I mean there'd be I hot love, dogs, there's food, there's baseball. Yeah. You sit there. You, it's like it's a nice great. day in the park. It's a nice day in the park. Yeah. With it's like. You know, I'm I'm like I'm conflicted about like they're making a lot of rule changes that are some of them are going to be implemented this uh, this year of like really trying to speed the game up, which oh wow I, I get, but at the same time I'm like they're they're needing to up like viewers eyeballs or looking elsewhere for entertainment for sure, mm-hmm. and um you know especially yeah when you can. Yeah, the the action to commercial ratio in football versus baseball is miles apart. Well, Formula One's done the same thing over the last few years. How so? It implemented things like there's a deal called DRS, which don't have yeah. to know what it stands for, but basically what it means is you can open up the rear spoiler at certain times under certain very certain conditions to give you a little extra boost of speed to get around so- the car in front of you down a straightaway. The new ep- the new episodes of that that oh, documentary, Drive to Survive, Drive to Survive, are out, and they were talking about they just sort of rattled off the DRS thing, but they didn't really explain what it was, yeah. and so I was confused. That's what it, it's literally just opening up the rear spoiler for less aerodynamic drag, so that down a straightaway you you get a little boost of speed. But it's regulated. You can't just very open. much so. Yeah, there are certain zones. They're like the straightaways have to be so long. You have to be with, within. I don't know exactly what it is, but a le- little less than a second behind the car in front of you. Um, they can't happen under certain circumstances. So there's like a DRS. I don't know. Window. Judge. Let's say like, okay, DRS is enabled. You can use that now. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's literally just to. Give a little more pizzazz to the proceedings. As if, but I don't know, man. Those guys are going 200 plus miles an hour. Like, mm-hmm. how is that? How is that's not boring? I mean, it's. Well, here's the thing, though, is that what all because I, wa- I I binge watched all of the last season of Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like baseball you know, at the service. You're like, it's just cars driving around. What? I don't, you know, but you yeah. start to get into the politics and the machinations and the backstabbing and it's all very interesting um it's also very much you know uh you know rich boys obscenely rich boys obscenely rich obscenely rich people um so it's kind of hard to have sympathy for any of them beyond you know the drama of it all yeah but like for example um last year red bull walked away with everything they had the driver's championship and the constructor's championship halfway through the season mm-hmm. so it was you know the mid-pack fight and this year during practice the la- the first grand prix was last weekend and during practice red bull was frankly kind of underwhelming and i'm like they're just pulling punches mm. like mm. They're, they're not out pushing it because they know they don't have to and sure mm. as shit during the race uh max for stappen who was mm won everything last year by a landslide yeah he just creamed everybody and the other red bull car was a second you know 
And that's the crazy thing too, is that, you know, the only, the only reference point I have for formula one is that drive to survive documentary. And right. the, the first few seasons, they didn't even really talk to Alec, to, to Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, uh, what the, Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> motherfucker. Lewis Hamilton, I'm a theater yeah. person. Okay. Give me a break. Right. Lewis Hamilton. They didn't even really talk to him in Mercedes because they were at the top and weren't going anywhere. Right. Yeah. But this last season, they covered the previous mm-hmm season it's like well mercedes they're talking to him a not, lot more because he's not the top mercedes was world champion for seven years running it's wild and now they're like third maybe which weird again for people it like that's it's a lot of money difference but it's also there's a big difference in the uh f1 universe between the top three teams and everybody else Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, you really want to be in the top three to be anything. Yeah. Right. That's well, where I mean, the money's at. That's true with everything else, too, but it's just, that's just, you know, for to, to be at the top of the world for seven years and then to be third stings a little bit. I would, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to the point, though, about trying to make uh, baseball specifically more. I mean, you can only move I mean, the needle. What are they going to lo- do? Let, let them hip check people? Is so that, there's like... Are you, they going to put an octagon in the middle of the outfield? And No, it's all about time. It's like pitcher's time, how much time they can fuck around on the mound. Oh, sure. How much how much time a batter can take. You have, um, you have 4.7 seconds to scratch yourself on the mound. Exactly. And they and wanted then, to cut, they want to cut that down. So they're, they're looking at you know, time between pitches mm-hmm. and how many oh timeouts the like batter can clock. take. What's that? A pitch, there's going to be a pitch clock behind the home plate. Yeah. Really? I don't know if there's going to be a clock, but it's going to be, it's going to be timed. I mean, it, oh. there's, well, like I think right that's the deal. The, right behind the catcher, there's a clock oh. that the pitcher can see that's counting down. And when it's zero, that's a ball or a strike. I don't, I don't know how they're going to quantify no, that or how a, anybody would. would... Be a base. Yeah, like if it's guess. down, then you, that's a base. I don't know how they're going to actually regulate it, but I think the new thing is that the batter, because they were regulating, I think they implemented in the last few years, they regulated the amount of time between pitches so that, so that, um, so that pitchers had to, you know, throw, they couldn't, they couldn't stall. They couldn't look around forever. They didn't, oh, you know, they could reset people to try to steal bases. Right, so they they implemented that, but then then the so so the pitchers were under duress, and I I could be I could have this wrong, but I think that now it was like okay, so we're regulating the pitchers, but the batters can fuck around all they want and throw the pitchers out of their rhythm. Once they mm. see that they have to get a pitch in, they have they start their little routine, which is sure. really important for them to get their accuracy right. Right, and then the batter can step out of the box, patch oh. himself, fuck with them. You know right. what I mean? Oh boy! And so I think they're trying to combat that, but I think that also it just it takes away the the space of the game. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old man Egger saying they're changing baseball and America's falling apart. You know, well that's true. Uh, that's true. But I <laughs> I want you know I don't can, need can my baseball game to be thing. Can you just leave one thing alone? Right. I don't need my baseball game to be under three hours I, but apparently you know, some people do my wife would probably appreciate that but would you know, she care would she would it make would she like it more if it was a half hour i doubt it that's what i'm saying that's I, yeah i think it needs to be still know, sports ball three three and a half hours 
That's Although I would, right. I would like to just take a moment and acknowledge that I actually was involved in a sports conversation and made valid You did. Yes, you did. If I, I had an a, applause I button, root, I'd press it. I have a rudimentary understanding of the game of baseball and some of the rules. You have a very, but you have a very skilled understanding of the rules of Formula One. Like in a short amount of time, you've gotten your shit together with that. You've gotten your ducks in a box on Formula One. It's just because it's just it's my current obsession. It'll fade. I don't know, man. We'll see. It's a guilty pleasure. It's definitely a guilty pleasure. Uh, There are worse guilty pleasures, Steve. I know, (laughs) but I mean, you know, most of those races—not most, but probably half of them—take places in countries that have bigger problems than we do when it comes to human rights violations and that sort of oh, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so Bahrain little... when they start the season and don't they start the season in Bahrain? Bahrain. Yeah. It's like, and you know, the UAE and it's, mm. you know, it's a little tricky there a little bit, mm-hmm. but what, what, so how many formula one races are in the United States? I, don't, I think in the season. Yeah. Like 23, I think maybe not in that the US many. though. Oh, how many? Two, are... I think, and they're both in Texas. No, Miami and Texas. Miami, Miami and Austin. And Austin, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, in Vegas this year. There's one in Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it, that's. It. I mean, that back to point A, which is it's all a rich kids game. I mean, some of the tickets for that are like five thousand dollars. Rooms over rooms overlooking the strip. You know, thousands of dollars a night. I mean, just. Is that like, going to be a street? Is that going to be a street race? They're going to make a yeah down the, oh, down the strip. Cool. I think. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it'll be. I'm sure it'll be amazing. It'll be a hell of a weekend. That's you fella could have a pretty good weekend in Vegas with all that. <laughs> Yikes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool to see. I've never been to like a large scale auto race at all. I've never been to I NASCAR. I really no. don't have a huge desire for NASCAR. I have but no I, desire to go to NASCAR. I would like to go. I mean, I was I kind of like I mentioned the Austin Grand Prix. I'd like to go to the Indy 500. Sure. Yeah. Even if that means it's a big, you know, pretty much oval track, but I think it'd right. be cool to see. Different thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indy 500. But yeah, up. even the Austin one is, it's pretty expensive just to get in the really? door, you know? Yeah. It's for, it's for rich people. Very much so. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yep. You probably have a better experience watching it on TV anyway. I will. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a, like you go for the weekend. You know, oh, because there's all kinds of ancillary parties and gatherings and, you know, appearances by drivers and yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Um, Clubs, you know, it's a, it's a reason to just go party, you know, sounds exhausting. Sounds all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to go see some baseball. We're going to go do some hiking. I'm stoked. Yeah. Oh fuck you! How did the concert go? Right. Uh, it was amazing. It was the really Requiem. great, actually. The Re- Mozart's Requiem. Yeah. The pious choirs, various configurations, sang, and then we all sang Mozart's Requiem, or most of it, not all of it. Um, but I mean, at the end, there was round numbers, 150 voices. Wow, that's a big choir. It's a, it's, well, yeah, I mean, it was loud and it was intense and it was cool. And I actually, like, I had to learn, I had to crash course myself in singing Latin 16th note runs, um, mm-hmm. 16th note runs in Latin at a pretty good clip. 
and I held my own, you know, I was singing mostly with people that actually do that more often than not, you know, yeah. and I yeah. hadn't done it in forever decades. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I held my own and my voice is still weirdly okay. Um, when I use it properly, which I don't mm-hmm. in my rock and roll gig, you yeah. know, um, but I'm a pretty solid baritone and that came back pretty quickly. And, um, some of the finer technical details I was, you know, relearning on the fly, but, um, like rolled R's and, Oh yeah. You know, some of the Latin pronunciations. Um, but you know, I met some people and it was fine. You know, I've definitely felt a little fish out of water ish because, you know, my relationship with the Catholic church is complicated, you know, right. And it's very much a Catholic choir. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, the director, um, I've said this before, his name's Todd Creer. He's amazing. The guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's very committed to what he does. He's funny. Um, he's just very talented. He runs a very tight. I mean, it's hard to, you know, this to wrangle 150 people and to get their attention to get them all. Say, you, you know what I'm saying? I like have a in, panic attack thinking about directing a cast of more than seven. Right. People. Yeah, no. And oh. this is like, a hundred high school kids. Fuck. Right. And he, I swear, man, he literally can just go Psst, and they all turn and face him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it's I, a, do. I mean, that's the expectation. Yeah. And that, those rehearsals, we had two rehearsals. They were three hours along each. And I mean, they didn't run like a Swiss watch, but pretty damn close. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Cause it yeah, has yeah. to be that way. Right. Right. There, right. It has you to can't be get anything way. done. You, you, you wouldn't get anything done. Way. Yep. And the other uh, choral instructor, their name is Shaney Sorensen. She's really great, too, and has this beautiful soprano voice. Um, but, yeah, it was awesome, man. I, uh, I'm i going to try out for the full version of the thing. That's cool. And see how that goes. Because, again, like, I really enjoy singing in those kinds of situations, turns out. Um, and... Uh, it's just really unique and it's really, I mean, it's really moving. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. You know, I, I recall having great, I mean, I did choir. I mean, we, the little, you know, performing arts time I had at Ord high school, there wasn't a lot, right? Like we had, mm-hmm. we had one acts in the one act season in the, in the fall. And then like I did speech one year and I didn't love it. And then the, the other time I was in music. I mean, that was kind of a, it. There wasn't our theater program. Wasn't really a program at all. Right. But thank, thank God for Dave Hastings who kind of made it a, a good thing. But my choir, my time in choir, like I loved it as much mm-hmm. as I was kind of a punk. Right. Miss Johnson, Miss Johnson, if you're listening, I owe you an amends by the way. Um, she yeah, like, yeah, she's she's she let it go i didn't uh but yeah i really love that like when you when you when we're doing like difficult material and like Mm -hmm. singing in unison and trying to breathe at the same time and Mm -hmm. trying to like when harmonies actually worked it's Mm -hmm. like it's pretty fucking spiritual it's really cool yeah Yeah, it's very i mean and, and when we were you know singing the big crescendos it was loud yeah 150 right. people that's loud 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 yeah and uh very powerful and i i don't know if i've even talked about this but when i you know when i say like i'm not kidding when i say i haven't sang latin in decades before my voice changed i was in a boys choir uh, that I don't think exists anymore it was called puerri cantores and my mm-hmm. mom found it thanks mom that was actually really great um mm. 
but I don't, uh, the woman who directed it, I don't know the history of her, how it started. It's all long gone now, but I did that for, I think two years singing Latin basically mm-hmm. and some other things, but mostly mm-hmm. Latin, mm-hmm. um, like the Italian, literally the castrati, which were, I mean, the, on the, in the bad old days, they castrated guys. So their voices wouldn't change. So they could yeah. keep singing, you know, Unix, right. Is yeah. that, am I using that right? I think so. Yeah. But the castrati were guys that were castrated. So their voices wouldn't change. God. That obviously did not happen to me. Uh, Cause kind of times have changed a little bit, but um Hey man, I I don't know what's going on down there. That's not obvious to me at all. I guess well you've had children, <laughs> right? So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Plus, you know, my voice is a little deeper. That's I was true. not singing baritone in Puri Cantores. I don't want to talk about castration anymore, please. Simple man, you just take a rubber band, <laughs> and eventually it just falls off. God damn it! <laughs> I'm glad you're going to join that choir, Steve. Well, I don't know that I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna audition. Oh, you have to audition, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, this was kind of a come one. In fact, the the choir that I sang in it has been kind of a volunteer deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, Todd Creer wants to take it to the next level and make it less volunteer and more formal, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe even do some paid gigs and that kind of thing. Yeah, right on. You know, so it's you know uh, you, you have to audition. Yeah. So I, I, and we sang the audition piece at this concert last weekend. So um, and it went okay for me. It's kind of tricky harmony wise, but I think I can, you know, pull it together. We'll I'm see. Sure and yeah. if I don't make it in, then fine. Then that's the call. Because I have had like a, 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 not exactly a conundrum, but like it's very like he says in the like kind of invite email, like this is an unapologetically Catholic choir. Oh, making it and real like, clear. Yeah, I don't. I've done, I don't have both feet in that boat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are some things that I like, and there are some things that I really don't like. But there's other choirs, right? Like, there's like, well, that's the thing. Is like, are there? I don't. Where else? You know. Ah, uh, there's no. There's other. There's other Lincoln choirs that are that are audition based. Like, I know there's one. God damn it, Aben music is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they're in fact. Loosely, I think one of my coworkers does that now that you mention it. They're loosely affiliated with uh, First Plymouth. Maybe First I know Plymouth. they maybe yeah. they perform there a lot. But yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. That's you know, that's just that was the opportunity that was put in front of me. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I mean. Fuck it, dude. That's what I'm saying. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Right. 25 years. I know, right? That's crazy. Totally. I remember being underwhelmed by that movie at first. I remember I remember my ex-girlfriend, Cody, and a couple of her friends quoting it a lot, right? And I right. remember thinking, like, this is know. annoying. Now I know what it right. feels like to be around the people that quoted the holy grail a lot python yeah yeah Yeah, and you're like i don't want oh god shut up yeah just stop if you say me one more time i'm gonna punch you (laughs) or yeah and you know what you you know what actually hooked me into that movie was when i got to grad school our first 
year in our acting class, we did some, they kind of introduced some sort of fundamental stuff through the lens of film noir and the acting and stuff in film noir, like very stoic, you know, Humphrey Bogart, stoic characters to find that stillness, all that shit. Right. Uh Uh-huh. And so we started doing all this research on like, what is an actual, what is noir? What is LA noir? Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody brought up in the class, like, wouldn't the big Lebowski be considered LA noir? And it's, it's kind of anti-noir because, you know, he's not, Jeff Lebowski is really not a detective, but he goes on a very, (laughs) he goes on the stock journey of what somebody in a noir film goes on. Sure. It, you know, something happens. There's a dame involved. He starts asking questions. Random he gets people. Beat up. He gets beat up. He gets like you get put unconscious. Uh-huh. You know, you get wrapped up in it, you yeah. know, and then, yeah, you, you find this rabbit hole of the underbelly of L.A. at night. I mean, it's yep. it's a noir. It, you're not wrong. That's and that's what I, I really appreciate. That, that's correct. That's interesting. Yeah. That's when I really kind of fell in love with that. I remember watching that with Armando McLean. We'd sit, oh, yeah. we'd sit in the, there was like this film library at CalArts and you could just go watch whatever they had. And we were like, let's just <laughs> one afternoon. We're like, I mean, fuck it, dude. it's, it's, fuck it, dude. It, it's research, right? Let's watch, let's watch the big Lebowski together. So we did, and then we just like that. We bonded over that movie. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people have bonded over that movie, actually, in a lot of ways. So, speaking of Humphrey Bogart, uh, this last week I watched Casablanca for the first time. Oh wow! It was yeah. so good. It's fucking real good, huh? It's so good. It. I yeah. just love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite movie of his is The Maltese Falcon. I haven't seen that. It's good. God, but I you know, I, there's you know those the classic lines. Yep. You know, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship beautiful, and beautiful friendship. Yeah, and like, I mean, I I knew that that was from Casablanca, but to have it in context, like, no, oh, that's why people say that. Yeah. Oh, him and the African Queen too. So you're saying you seen that? Have you seen the African Queen uh, with Kath? Oh yeah, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn and Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. Bogart. Yep. Okay. I mean, highly recommend that movie all right that's uh yeah yeah that's been in my plex server for years i don't mm-hmm. know how long really long time more than 10 years and i just haven't watched it it's good if yeah i think i i don't know i i like him as sort of a rough and tumble and sweaty grimy you know boat captain with Catherine hepburn okay uh, he's just that sounds like jewel of the nile it is it totally is it's oh, like right. like the jewel of the nile straight up stole from that 100 oh, okay. that whole trope i mean they made they made it their own thing yeah but yeah that that is straight from the uh african queen okay yeah super Not good caribbean queen the billy ocean song uh no but i do love that song man <laughs> <laughs> what's up with sunglasses at night where did that come from so it, okay i have curated over the last <laughs> several years once i made my my hardcore commitment to spotify a few years ago uh-huh. i started making a playlist that i call faves it's the faves playlist yeah, yeah. my I got faves one. i have one right. yeah. it's my faves and it is like 800 songs long at this oh, point wow. And it's just random shit. Everything from my favorite tool, songs, Pearl Jam, whatever. And then like random nostalgic shit. 
And so there's a lot of like really weird 80s pop songs in there and like you know yacht rock shit a lot of yeah. hollow notes you know and it just random shit and then like the other day i need i was like you know this last couple of weeks have been nuts with work and i was walking to class and um a guilty pleasure song of mine ariana grande's into you came on and I, it just you know so it's like this playlist that it's grown so random that you don't know what's going to come up anyway i was listening right. to it and uh sunglasses at night came on and i I fucking turned that shit <laughs> up so up loud. I turned it up to 11 <laughs> and I was rocking back from Crete with sunglasses. Oh I was on, I'm on spring break, baby. Yeah, I just yeah, felt I fucking it. cool as shit. And I was like, I'm going to throw a wrench in the drifting and dreaming uh, text thread and say <laughs> fucking sunglasses at night. Boom. So speaking of, I love Miley Cyrus's new album. Yeah. Ta- so that's cool. I wouldn't want to go down the rabbit summer vacation. And I don't know. I saw a blurb about her. Oh, Rolling Stone. I just saw a Rolling Stone headline. Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty I good. saw the same thing. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what the hell? I'm driving home from work. Got a half hour. I'll put it on, you know? Yeah. And it's pretty damn good. That's what. So the critics are saying that. I read that. Yeah. I probably read the same thing. And they're like, this is the culmination of where we always thought she would end. You know, like this yeah, is yeah. her. And not that I've ever. Wrong given a fig about Miley, Miley Cyrus. Right. Not since the wrecking ball thing or whatever, you know, or Harry sure. Monta or any of that. I'm like, I don't, but at the same time, you know, after following from a distance, like the travails of Britney Spears and all of that shit. And yeah, to see, uh, Miley really come into her own and, yeah. and not, I mean, she's obviously still just a total sex bomb, but that's not like she's not doing that out of like um, some sort of it's from a better place. It's not a gratuitous. It doesn't feel she's owning that rather than it feels like like what happened to Kesha early on with like Uh, being exploited as a as an object. Well, I mean, like, you know, I mean, her dad, uh miley's dad is billy ray cyrus right mm-hmm. and that's you know i mean my whole like for the wrecking ball geez dad you're really kind of pimping your kid out there a little bit aren't you you know <laughs> yeah yeah i don't obviously know the details of that situation but that was my sure. take on it right and so i mean obviously it's not really my pop music isn't my bag baby you know <laughs> But, but when it's good, but here's the thing: when a pop song is good, it's good. You listen 100%. to fucking sunglasses at night. That shit is yes. good. Love it. Yes. And, and so that and that so I'm like, okay, let's let's see what this album is. And like the songs are great. She I'll sounds great. And they're and they're actually there's some actually like interesting instrumentation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the songs mm-hmm. are kind of over. They cover a wide stylistic range, and mm-hmm. somehow her voice manages to work in all of them. And She's got a fucking great voice. It's too. great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have a similar affinity and I, I'll listen to that album because I, I, I appreciate a pop star sort of evolving in a lot of cool yep. ways. Like, like that Madonna. was my point is that it's like, oh, this is really like good for her. Yeah. Like I had that really same evolving. experience with Kesha because I really loved the sort of, you know, Kesha brushing her teeth with whiskey party <laughs> shit you know i was right. like oh this is just irreverent and bacchant and i love it love and it, then yeah. she had that whole thing with her manager and he was fucking abusive to her and then she got oh, out see, of I don't that. Know that story dude it's fucked up and then she had this like the last couple albums of her have been like really powerful trans like she's owning hmm. her experience and is out from under the thumb of this abusive fuck shit ass 
guy. <laughs> and and it's, so it's like, yeah, like a pop star that can kind of evolve past all that in a really sure. cool way. Because we never got to see Britney Spears do that. I mean, I think we got no. to see Christina Aguilera do that. Yeah, She's a little bit, yeah. Celebrity, a crush of mine. Um, right. Just make that clear. Right. But Britney, that whole dude. Shit show. It's, it sucks. That's sad. Well, I mean, that's like the Beach Boys level dysfunction. Totally. Yeah. Yep. And like never having her own agency as a as an yeah. That's, see, that's the part, never that's the part that. that's sad. It's sad. Super sad. And I've been well. That's the Elvis syndrome, basically. Exactly. I mean, I've been yeah. listening. I'm still listening to that 500 songs podcast, and we're just starting to get into Elvis. And there's kind of an episode on Colonel Tom Parker, who was just flat out evil incarnate. Yeah. And, uh, and it was really like to look to see like kind of how Elvis Presley came into the business and his, he was a talented guy that was actually kind of pure of heart, weirdly, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, all he wanted to do was make money. So he could buy his mama a new house. Right. And that's literally right. why he started singing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, to have, you know, to look at the caricature of himself that he, you know, he didn't have any control. He had some control, mm. but not really, especially no. towards the end. That's an interesting parallel, too, because that I mean, but now you sprinkle in the the, uh, you know, the all present watching of social media. And, you know, during the pandemic, when Brittany had nowhere to perform, she just took to Instagram and everybody watched like, oh, this is what happens when you have somebody who has com- been a completely controlled and oppressed by her version of the colonel. Yeah. And and the o- and now the only place she feels like she can actually have any control is on social media, but it was kind of like it was a little it cringy. was hard. It was like I Kirsten and I, you know, full lockdown sitting on the couch, she'd be like I don't think Britney Spears is okay. And we're like I don't think she is either and it you know, but it's and then you get the whole backstory of of that what is that called? The Stockholm syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like Sorry. no, the the whole thing of her being um essentially like she has no control oh, of her conservatorship. money. Conservatorship. It's like fuck, dude, how the she signed away her life, her kids, yeah. her everything. Mm-hmm. And she's never known what it's like to like you know, be your own live, person. Be your own person, fuck it up for herself, not have mm-hmm. any, you know. And it's like, she's a fucking grown ass woman, dude. That's just so hard. And then, yeah, free Britney, dude. Free Britney. Free. There you go. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> free Britney. I should free Joel to go pack. I got to pack, man. You got to pack. Fine. Pack. Well, I'm glad we did this. I'm too. Uh, keep your, your, your initial get your ducks in a box, everybody. What's your say? ducks in a box? Get your ducks in a box. Be where your beak is. Oh, we haven't said that in a while. I thought about it the other day. I was I was hanging out with Peggy, and mm-hmm. I got centered. Be where your beak is. Be where your beak is. Yep. Meditate on your chickens. Uh, it's good times. If you see a hot dog, grab me one. Grab me one, hundred percent. All right, man. Safe travels. Love you. All right. Love you too. Yep.
don't forget, toot your hooters.